Hello, everyone. So here we are. We are live. This is Quantum Nurse, and I am Grace Asagra. And welcome to our live broadcast. And my special guest is a very good dear friend and colleague, and someone who really keeps my client safe and me safe is Nick Labinsky. But before I, I speak more about you, Nick, and thanks for being here. I'm just going to take my time and share this, okay? I'll, I have my phone and I'm going to share it because I don't. I want everyone to make sure that they have access to us. And this is going to be, so now on my phone, Nick, it is live and I'll share it more. There. And a lot more. I think they got they have gotten used to me, Nick, sharing them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So and then I know I have some. And then for those of you in YouTube, you can just um, Google or search if you don't know it yet. It's Quantum Nurse Grace Asagra YouTube and it's right there as well. And if you just can't find it and just message me either on my messenger or if you find this, go ahead and let me know. And please feel free. That's why we made this live stream so that we can be engaged. You can send us messages, concerns, questions, stories, or anything that you want to share because we can only be um, responsive to your needs if we connect. Okay, so, all right, so Nick, welcome, and I believe this is going to be our main title. It's your supplements beyond the certificate of analysis, where trust is earned, and Nick Nicholas Labinsky. So Nick is the Chief Operations Officer at Premier Research Lab, and this is a USB certified uh, um, company, and as far as I know, from two, three years ago, it's just a handful around the world who that was, were cert, was certified. So let me just a little bit more again of Nick is he is a microbiologist and a GMP expert. He has accomplished major accomplishments, achievements at Premier Research Labs by helping to create one of the top quality systems in the industry. He, he has also been a key implementer in crafting PRL's innovative patented fermentation process. So that's just a brief information about Nick, but I know as we go along, he will, he will tell us more about that. Okay, Nick? Okay. So what I really wanted to start, Nick, is you have this story about um, your two, one, one is like your aha moment that you shared in when you were working already and you found something, okay? And you know, in the, I believe is in the turmeric. So I want you to start with that because many people on, the, I don't think is aware of a lot of things that's going on when it comes to supplements. Mm -hmm. And then you could just connect that also to how you worked tediously to produce the DHLA. Okay. Um, thank you, Grace, for having me here. 
Um, it's a pleasure to be on uh, this podcast with you and to share what I've learned over the years of the industry. Um, my aha moment, and, and this really kind of starts back in 2012, and, but I, I want to reference something before I even talk about that. In 2019, uh, Stanford University came out with a study. Uh, they came out with a study saying that uh, they found turmeric, which is a common herb. Um, I believe they say up to 60% of the population is using turmeric because of its great benefits. And what's happening is they found that out of Bangladesh, um, there was turmeric that was actually being painted with lead chromate or lead paint. So these huge amounts of lead, you know, over a thousand micrograms uh, were present there. And the allowed limit is only five micrograms, so exponentially higher. Um, and the study uh, indicated that they only thought it was coming out of Bangladesh recently. And my aha moment actually starts back in 2012 when we got full uh, finger turmeric in from India. And this turmeric had 1,610 micrograms, so a little higher than they found out in Bangladesh. But the point of that, that time period was this has been happening for years. And it was very, at that time, you know, um, I've been with Premier Research Labs a few years, and it was very eye-opening to see the kind of adulteration that they literally painted it because it was an old lot. So it's these, and the issue is a lot of, at least back then and probably now, many uh, manufacturers don't even test for the heavy metals in, in their products. So they're not, they're missing that. And then all of a sudden that goes into a product that somebody's eating. Somebody somewhere is gonna be eating that lead paint. So it was pretty eye-opening uh, to see that and realized, you know, kind of the depths of the contamination that you see in this industry. Um, in terms of the DHLA, uh, that was a, uh, a year of my life I spent in uh, developing that patent um, and the innovation that was there. And dehydrolipoic acid is, is, is a master antioxidant. It can recycle vitamin E, it can recycle vitamin C um, and glutathione. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a powerful uh, phytochemical or uh, ingredient. And we were gonna produce it by fermentation using probiotics. And I could tell you for three or four months, it was every day I slept and I ate and I thought about DHLA and I kept failing over and over again, could not produce it. Um, and, you know, and Dr. Marshall um, would come to me and check on me and he would, uh, you know, I said, I don't have any progress. I don't have any progress on this. And he, uh, but he believed in me. He believed that, you know, I would succeed and uh, using some of his old science, I, I actually was able to achieve producing DHLA. And we, um, you know, we produced something the first uh, time it's ever been produced by probiotics, literally converting our lipoic acid into dehydrolipoic acid in a stable form. And this is a, a product actually coming out uh, hopefully this year, or 2021, excuse me. Um, and it was, uh, it was a great process. It was, uh, it was a learning moment to, you know, no matter what, uh, is the obstacle there to keep going. And luckily I had a mentor, Dr. Marshall to believe in me and to encourage me, uh, to do more. Nick, I still remember, 
um, when the couple of times that we were able to visit the company and you showed us some pictures of how the beginning of the company was and you work very closely with Dr. Marshall mm -hmm. and right that teaches like old fashioned way of just making sure that things are are clean and really like and 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 from what I noticed that you're always going beyond the just even just the standard of the GMP always mm -hmm. setting up your own standard and that's really what makes me uh, uh that what attracted me that huh maybe really i should focus on companies that really goes beyond what um fda even may require right so i can you hear me lost you for a second but i hear you now so um, oh, okay, let, me, okay. let me talk a little bit about um, our yeah, quality standards. Uh, and then actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about the history of the industry and just quality in general and kind of where everything started. Um, you know, our standard, our value uh, is one of our values is quality without compromise. And, you know, that value is very important as, as, along with integrity and transparency. And you know, the the way we set up our facility is, you know, we try to achieve, honestly, pharmaceutical standards in terms of the the standards that they set. And many of our actual staff come from that industry and they have very robust validations and verification processes. And we've kind of adopted that something you don't normally see in the dietary supplement industry. Um, that being said, you know, we have achieved USP certification. You saw that and uh, Grace uh, mentioned that earlier. And that is only given or only about six uh, companies are USP CGMP certified. So and what's CGMP before I go on that? That's current good manufacturing practices, what the industry, the supplement industry is regulated by, by the FDA. And those manufacturing practices, there's a basic requirement, the law, you know, several different things. Um, but USP actually goes above and beyond that is one of the reasons we chose that and why many people don't actually go after USP is because they require more. Um, they require in-depth validations, um, actually in-depth stability program. Um, things that are closer to pharmaceuticals because the supplement industry is actually between foods because it's food products we're putting in there and pharmaceutical standards where we're kind of in a gray area and USP takes you more towards the pharmaceutical sides in terms of standards and what that does is actually causes us to have a cleaner product so that's one aspect in terms of our manufacturing process but there's also another aspect our testing um, our testing what we do here, um, this is not me saying this, this is actually auditors telling us um, that probably only 1% of the industry is doing. Um, and just to give you reference, they say 20% of the industry is not doing anything at all in terms of testing. Um, and the testing that we do is something called orthogonal testing. And what orthogonal testing is, is you're doing multiple different testing techniques to answer a single question. So let's say a botanical, you wanna know it's hyssop leaf. And instead of just doing one test, uh, we do 
we actually do uh, HPTLC, microscopy, and DNA testing. And all those tests together answers that you know, question, is this hyssop leaf? And is there nothing else in there? Because you as a patient or a consumer, you want to make sure there's nothing else that's not declared and that the product won't harm you in any way. So what we do is something that actually uh, many of the industry doesn't do these multiple tests. They'll do one test. And the reason for that is actually in the CFR, the, the regulation, it has, has a clause in there that says you must perform at least one test. And the spirit of the law, if you take it by that means, you have to do as many <clears throat> tests as necessary to ensure that product is what it says it is and it's clean. Unfortunately, what many companies think that says is it only one test and they only do one. Um, and unfortunately, all tests are a little bit different. Some have, they have some advantages and disadvantages. And what we do, we complement tests together so we fill in all those gaps. And actually, I have uh, some slides if you wanna share, I can show some of the case studies we've seen um at uh, premier research labs yes please i would like us to share that okay let me do that right now nick just so you know we have people from california watching or listening to oh great how you doing <laughs> are you can you see the screen Okay, yes, I'm going to I'm going to add it there. Okay. I see it clearly and I see you. So Perfect. So um so some of the these are case studies we've seen um here actually personally I've seen uh over the years and you know turmeric I mentioned earlier about the adulteration with um lead paint or lead chromate. And another issue is um the uh, adulteration with other substances. Um, so turmeric here, this is a, what they call HPTLC, high performance thin layer chromatography. And basically in a nutshell, it's a fingerprint. And all these little lines here that you see um, on this picture is um, basically chemicals within the plant itself, phytochemicals that either have a biological property, but it, it basically it's a fingerprint of turmeric to show that it is turmeric and not something else um, and hptlc this item right here actual hptlc and this is a uh, commonly put on reports because it looks very scientific if you will um, and this one is actually fine but along with the hptlc we actually did another test um, unlike many other companies and what we did is we looked at we looked under the microscope uh, with a technique called microscopy, where you actually look at the cells of the product of uh, the powder. Usually, it's powder material because if it's whole, you can identify it just by you know a botanist can look at it and say, "Hey, this is turmeric." I think most people can do that actually. Um, but when it's in powder form, you don't know if there's something else mixed in there. So, um, despite having the fingerprints, you you can't see. It's one of the disadvantages of HPTLC. You can't see other things like salt, sand, um, you know, starch. And actually this one had starch in it. The interesting part of this is turmeric is a root. So it naturally has an abundant amount of starch. So they get very tricky here. And then when they put starch in here, they, they colored it thinking you won't be able to tell the difference between 
regular starch and the turmeric starch. However, we have uh, very sophisticated uh, uh, microscopists that actually looked in there and they were able to identify these little squares. And if you look at a standard of turmeric, this is not normal. And the, the actual turmeric cells don't aggregate like that. So we were able to, using both techniques, be able to identify that it was contaminated with actual painted starch. Um, I've seen, and you know, this is where we actually had turmeric plus painted starch just to weigh down the material. Um, and this is, you know, this is commonly seen in, stuff, in items that people consume a lot of, um, and especially also botanicals at the end of the season where they have demand but not enough supply. Uh, that's the theme across the board. Why, you know, honey is one of the most adulterated foods uh, on the market, olive oil as well, and actually oregano is another one. And all these items, basically the world consumes more of it than we actually can produce. So what happens is these companies take advantage of this and they basically put something else in there so they can still make it make money. And that's what it comes down to is, is money. And it's unfortunate because, you know, these items where we got, I've gotten keratin and it's completely colored starch, nothing else. There was no carrot actually in there. They made it look like carrot, the color of it, uh, you know, bright hue orange, but there was no carrot. And people with less quality systems, because part of the FDA, they actually list something called organoleptic, where you can actually just look at it, smell it, and does it smell and look like carrot? Then you could say that it's been identified as carrot. But really, that's, that's something that you really can't tell without doing further testing. So, you know, this is a, this is a constant problem we see in the industry of adulteration um, with starch. And, Here's another HPTLC that we saw that was once again the alfalfa leaf um, that we did the HPTLC on. This this looks really actually good. If I just did this test, I wouldn't question whether it actually was contaminated. Um, it wasn't until we looked at the next you know slide of microscopy again, and we saw two things. A, there was starch again. That's a common uh, filler, if you will. But there was also some crystalline material, and that crystalline material, uh, what we 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 uh, assumed what it was was actually glass. Somehow, glass was ground up into the product, probably during the grinding process of alfalfa. Somehow, glass got in there, but it was in there. And <clears throat> the scary thing of this is that many people uh, we don't buy everything, so there's probably a lot of people out there to actually consume this in some dietary supplement because many people are just not doing this extra layer of testing. Um, and this is actually a big problem that the industry has been facing for years. The FDA has recognized this because whenever a manufacturer has this happen, and if they actually, they actually identify there's a problem like this, um, they reject it back to the vendor. And the vendor many times will then, they, they're not gonna throw it away they're actually gonna sell it to somebody else that has lower standards of quality. So eventually it comes back into the supply chain and somebody eats it somewhere. I think everybody needs to understand that. It's, um, people are just not throwing this away. And the FDA has recommended that you burn it. And there's some uh, guidance that's gonna be coming out hopefully very soon about this issue where they actually require the supplier to destroy it. 
because everybody knows it's just going to somebody else's cheaper supplement and putting in there because at the end of the day you get what you pay for um that's just how it is um and you have to ask yourself you know would you eat this you know i know everybody looking at it i i wouldn't feed this to my dogs so it's just something you have to look at and then another slide of uh here's a siberian ginseng which is a great adaptogen um, and you see two different uh, pictures. The one on the left is adulterated. You see all this extra material in there um, that shouldn't be there because on the right, this reference standard is what it should look like. And it's pretty apparent that it's highly adulterated. Um, and once again, would you eat that? And this was actually very, uh, it was actually intentional adulteration because the, the exact amount in each barrel that we got, I think we got 25, 30 barrels of the stuff. And it was almost exactly the same in each barrel. So they must have mixed this in. Um, so that way it was even throughout the lot. And it's all about the money. They're trying to make money. And when you confront them, they say, we're the only ones complaining. They all take the money. They also take the product back. But once again, they're probably just selling to somebody else. I have actually another slide here, um, which is a valerian root extract. And the power of HPTLC, I was talking about microscopy, uh, but HPTLC is also very powerful about that fingerprint. And one of the issues we've seen is we had a organic valerian root extract um, years ago. And, you know, we're very excited that we found an organic form. Um, and we got it in, and if you look at this HPTLC, unlike what we saw earlier, where it's pretty, you know, uniform across, this lane one and two was a sample that we got in. Um, these, this three, four, five, and six are actually uh, verified samples of valerian root extracts. So what this basic test is, you compare to the standard what you get in, and does it match? Does the, the fingerprint match for both? And you can clearly see that there's a above 0.4 here that it's missing quite a few of the bands, if you will, compared to the sample to the standards. And when we challenged the vendor, we realized that they sold us a um, organic valerian root extract, but it was extracted with water. And the problem with water is that yes, you'll get some some phytochemicals out, but it. It doesn't pull out the valerianic acid and the valerianic acid is actually really what makes it very effective um, and sleep and just um, anxiety and stuff like that um, and without that it's really just it's really just not useful um, and what they did is they pulled out the regular valerian uh, valerianic acid and they sold that as a separate uh, extract at a higher price and the reason they did with water is because they wanted to sell an organic valerian root extract and not have the price if you had to extract it out with alcohol. And the and there's, there's a drive in this industry to meet consumer demand because people want organic. It's a growing, booming industry. But you got to be careful just because it's organic doesn't mean it's actually good for you or it's actually useful. Um, we've seen this issue also with uh, regular botanical material we came in, that we got in. Um, what they do is they extract out the, the, the active ingredient and then they sell the regular powder back to you. Stuff that's usually used for feed for animals. Um, 
Instead, they sell it back to the manufacturers, hoping they don't test for that item and they just put it in a product, which unfortunately many companies do. Um, and like I said, this has been an issue uh, of adulteration over the years. And, you know, I'm going to kind of go over a little bit of the history right now, um, Grace, if you're okay with that. Uh, yes, please. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back now. Those are more recent case studies for us. And, um, you know, like I said, since 2012, I've been seeing um, various items as we grew as a company and getting more materials uh, from around the world. And, you know, the dietary supplement industry has been around a very long time, but the, the regulation, the, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act was enacted in 1994 uh, by President Bill Clinton at the time. And basically that act protected uh, everyone's right to purchase dietary supplements. And <clears throat> there was many people that actually testified against it at the time, but um, we did get a victory, so people didn't have to have a prescription to get a, a supplement. And, you know, having more regulation where basically the pharmaceutical companies, you would have to go to them. Um, and also in this, this act, it required the FDA to impose regulation on the industry and um, did something called the new dietary ingredients. Um, which a new dietary ingredient is basically anything produced before October 15th, 1994, is considered grandfathered in uh, to be safe. Um, after that, if you produce something that wasn't in commerce, um, such as, you know, they come out with these turmerics with um, new bioavailability because they attach a protein or something. Well, if you produce that and it wasn't in commerce before that, you have to prove that it's safe not necessarily effective, but it has to be safe. And you have to do a toxicology study and make sure that it's safe to consume. And you have to actually present that 75 days before you actually sell the product. And in 1994, there was 4,000 supplements on the market. Today, they estimate there's 90,000 supplements on the market. And in between that time, there's only been about 1,300 NDI submitted. So there's a huge disparity between what should be happening and what's actually happening. And you're wondering why isn't the FDA taking action? And it really boils down to capacity. Um, they are a team of only 50 or so, um, monitoring an industry that's gonna be over $50 billion this year. And we're, it's growing at 6% a year uh, or more. Actually, this year would be a lot more. Um, so they just don't have the manpower to do this. Um, and just to give you another reference of the capacity issues with the dietary, with the FDA, um, there's 10,000 manufacturers they believe in the world for dietary supplements approximately. FDA only audits about 500. So that's 5%. Many of those audits are basically the same companies, they're re-auditing. So they've been there already. So they're, they're, you know, doing under 5% a year. And if the industry is growing over 6% and many new manufacturers are starting and new brands are starting, they just can't keep up. And the issue with the NDIs is, you know, they, just the enforcement. Um, you'll see in this presentation, they've come out many times trying to figure this out. And they're still wondering how this is going to be enforced. Um, you, you will notice on the slide that between 1994 and and 2007, when they actually did the 
uh, the FDA rules or regulation for the manufacturers called 21 CFR 111, what every manufacturer has to at minimum do. Uh, there's quite a few years. So there was a lot of things that really kind of drove what they wanted in that regulation and you know what they focused on. Because in 2008, when they actually enforced that regulation into today, um, is actually the law hasn't changed, but what they wanted to see was the, what they expected of the manufacturers. Because in the beginning, they just hoping somebody was doing something because it was it was a little bit of the wild west beforehand because there was no it was under the food regulations and didn't have a robust system. And back in 2012, uh, Premier Research Labs, we um, had our first audit. And back then, um, we were, you know, we had a very large team. We have a very nice analytical lab, a uh, couple of PhDs on, on staff, you know, doing our testing, very knowledgeable uh, quality control team. And they came in and literally they asked, are you doing pesticides? Are you doing heavy metals? And, you know, we showed them and yes. And when they saw our facility, they literally said, you know what you're doing and left out of the laboratory and to audit other parts. That kind of gave the indication many people were just not doing anything. And then in 2017, we also re audited by the FDA. And there was a little bit more in depth looking at, you know, batch records and seeing if we're doing more of the processes. So it's evolved over time and we expect that to be the processes of auditing is more robust. Um, and just to note, in both of those uh, audits, we had no findings whatsoever, no 483s, which is like a citation when you're not doing the right thing. Um, so between you know 1994 and 2007, uh, there was a couple uh, events that happened that really drove it. And one of them was Chomper, uh, herbal laxative. It was supposed to be plantain leaf. And back then in 1997, what happened is you got the material in and the C of A or the certificate of analysis said it's plantain leaf. So you just took a label and you put it on the, the container or just, you know, you, you distributed it out and just put a label on and you sold it. Uh, that was common practice back then. What happened was a, instead of a plantain leaf, what they got was foxglove. And foxglove um, actually contains a heart arrhythmia drug naturally in it. And, you know, the drug itself is a natural compound, but if you don't have a heart arrhythmia, it can put you in the hospital. And that's exactly what happened because back then they weren't doing identity, uh, basically making sure it is what it says it is. So that really drove in the beginning for the FDA to say, hey, everybody needs to be doing ID at minimum. In fact, there is identity and micro are the core parts of the regulation that no matter what you have to do, and I'll go more into that later. Um, Pet feed, um, melamine is actually a um, high nitrogen uh, compound. Um, basically, it's kind of a plastic. You find this at Bed Bath and Beyond, melamine molds. Um, what they found was if you take that plastic, that, that material, um, and you put it very small amounts into something that has a high protein, so let's say pet feed, pet food, it's a high amount of protein, you can dilute the amount of protein in there, which you know saves money, and put a little bit of melamine in there, and you'll have the same test results as if there was higher protein. So basically, just putting more money in their pocket. Problem with melamine is that it causes renal failure. 
And all of a sudden in 2007, all these dogs started dying. The vets noticed this and uh, put a statement out to the FDA and the FDA, you probably still find online, made the statement about the, these foods contaminated, pet feed that's been contaminated um, because it was actually found to be in the wheat gluten that uh, was being put into the pet feeds was contaminated with melamine. Um, they weighted that down. So that was a issue with testing for contamination, which is part of the limit of contaminants, part of the regulation. Um, you saw the same thing happen in 2008 um, before the GMPs were enforced. And this was in China. And in China, they, uh, what happened is the melamine found its way into milk. And that milk found its way into baby formula. And 40,000 babies went to the hospital. 40,000. And once again, you can look this up and you'll see that um, because of this adulteration. Um, in 2008 as well, you probably can look up on YouTube the 60 minutes uh, about the selenium adulteration. And this is where it was 200 times the amount of selenium in the product, uh, uh, 200 times higher than what was claimed on the product. And selenium is an essential mineral, you, you need it, uh, but what happens when you take too much selenium? You, your nails fall out, your hair falls out. And people with taking this product had other conditions, if you will. And they thought their condition was getting worse, so they decided to take more of this. And this put people in the hospital because of this. Um, so this was also, um, this actually was one of the labs that they were using at the manufacturer for this was um, what they call dry labbing. They weren't really testing the product. They literally were just putting out printing results to make it pass their specification. And there was so much selenium in this product when they produced it that they had buckets of this product and the selenium was like falling out of solution. I mean, there's a whole like sludge at the body of a pure selenium. So what did they do? Um, not really thinking that it was something wrong, they poured it through pantyhose to remove that sludge. And even with that sludge removed, there was still 200 times the concentration. So you can imagine how much selenium there was really in there when they formulated it um, because of an error on weight um, and then not testing it. So these are kind of the items that really drove uh, for the 21 CFR 111 to be uh, created. And then in 2008 to 2010, it was actually enforced uh, to the companies themselves. Um, moving forward a little bit in the industry, you can see that um, quite a few events happened. Some of you probably heard in the news. Um, I'm going to skip forward to seeing 2011, the new draft uh, guidance for new dietary ingredients. I remember I said they're still trying to figure that out. You saw that in 2016 over here, August 2016. Once again, a new draft, a revised draft, and they're still talking about it today. Um, they don't know how to enforce that. Um, also in 2015, I think everybody remembered that year for the New York Attorney General. So it's kind of the year that the uh, DOJ really put their foot down, the FDA. Uh, New York Attorney Generals went after Target, Walmart, GNC, and Walgreens, and you know, really kind of put on the map that even the retailers are responsible for the products they sell. Um, many issues with those uh, claims that they made against those uh, companies, but at the same time, it really kind of showed the industry that everybody was in the same boat, which is a good thing. We all were responsible for the product that we sell 
to the industry, uh, to the consumer, because you don't want the product to hurt you uh, or kill you for that matter. You want to make sure it's safe and helpful. Um, in 2015, you also saw a company uh, called Raw Deal that they put in, uh, they were putting fillers into the materials they were selling to manufacturers. So they were the vendor um, and they were hiding it from the FDA and that CEO went to prison for 40 months. Um, USP Labs uh, was just recently was indicted not too, uh, a few months ago, um, but in 2015 uh, actually were indicted and they were just sentenced a few months ago. Um, they were putting what they called natural plant extracts, which were really synthetics from China. Um, and actually just earlier this month on December 2nd, another company in North Carolina, uh, the owner was actually sentenced to, um, was indicted uh, for doing kind of the same thing, but actually putting drugs into product, doing selective androgen uh, receptor products uh, into the products for their professional uh, sports performance line. And there's a, there's a drive in the industry to put drugs into products to give them that clinical effect, um, which at the end of the day can literally kill you um, because a lot of these drugs are not, they're cheaply made in abroad um, and they have basically the same properties of the drugs that the uh, pharmaceutical companies put out but they're analogs. And what that means, they're just slightly different. And when they're slightly different, they're kind of what the pharmaceutical companies just rejected. And because they have different side effects and just different effects. So these are cheap things that they can make uh, overseas and they put those in products to make it um, work more effectively in their eyes. Where, you know, some of these analogs give you liver failure. And that's one of the, the North Carolina was selling a product they knew will cause liver failure, but they still sold it to make extra money. And they did this between 2016 to 2019 uh, and many of the products they sold for years. And it's a, it's a rampant problem that we see in this industry of what they call clandestine adulteration. You, in 2017, high-tech pharmaceuticals put schedule three anabolic steroids into their product, and they were caught. Um, if you, you go forward, you'll see the issue of um, CBD. So CBD is uh, becoming a very big market, a uh, lot of issues with regulation, but the, the uh, CBD can be made not naturally, can make it synthetically. And if you put synthetic cannabinoids into a CBD product, you can actually have many side effects, including death happen. And we saw this actually more in the marijuana industry, you saw people in parks started um, literally uh, dying because they were smoking synthetic marijuana. Those same synthetic cannabinoids are being put into CBD now. And that's a very scary thing because it's such high demand of the product. It's much cheaper to put something synthetic in than having the natural extraction that you need to do uh, to make a product that's you know safe for you. Um, um, Nick, before you proceed, I'm glad you mentioned about the CBD because there's yeah, there's a request here for you to, you know, talk about that. And in fact, um, uh, I maybe you could also speak on what I remember hearing on how you really, how the company PRL 
sought that partnership or that product from another company and the teachers way that you you know you were able to choose which one and then that company equally had so much high regard for prl for just the way that you guys perhaps processes so you can speak more on about that cbd okay so we uh we spent uh, quite a long time looking for good material, good quality um, hemp extract, um, one that wasn't uh, adulterated. In fact, through our process, we were going to uh, to different vendors and speaking with them, and we found one that was also manufacturing. And part of our process for any you know major vendor or, or manufacturer that we may work with. Um, is to audit them. You actually, it's a requirement. Actually, a lot, not a lot of companies do that, which is unfortunate, but you need to go there and actually see what they're doing. Well, when my team went there, um, they wouldn't let them in the facility. And they were like, well, how do I audit? They said, you can look through a window. And what we found is what they were doing there in this very large manufacturer, which I won't name, um, they were producing um, the vape pens for supplements. So you see these vape V12s and these vape other items. Yeah. And those items actually are not considered dietary supplements. They're considered drug because the definition of a dietary supplement, it must be ingested. Um, once you get to IVs or, you know, vape pens, they're, you know, they're not legal. So they were hiding that, and you can imagine probably their CBD. So of course we rejected them during that process. So after, I wanna say after possibly a year, um, we finally found a farmer that was able to have a single strain of uh, hemp that we were able to trace all the way from the farm, doing super critical CO2 extraction through the manufacturer we worked with to be able to pull that out uh, solvent free um and well uh, harmful solvents like hexane or something else there is a winterization process which kind of cleans up the product to make it more palatable that we use uh organic ethanol with um but it was a clean product uh, the best one we could find and you know through that they had to be um usp um compliant just like us so we worked with them to show them how to do that because our integrity uh, is you know compromised if they don't, and we require that. But we're able to trace it all the way through. Even with that, we still did the orthogonal testing that I mentioned earlier. In fact, we looked at for the synthetic cannabinoids. I looked for 370 in the final product just to make sure, you know, trust but verify. I guess you could say um, that make sure nothing was added into the product to make it uh, meet spec, if you will. And you know we did residual solvent testing, uh, a slew of different tests to make sure that product was up to our standards and probably the purest product you can buy in the market. Is there any? Uh, did I answer the question? Hopefully, I yeah, did. yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, Continue. it's a it's a great product actually to be mixed with our melatonin for sleep. It's an amazing product I take every night. Um, so 2018, you could see that they were putting, once again, drugs, Viagra. Um, and just so you know, between Viagra and Cialis, there's 150 different analogs. So that's a lot of different times because it's a cat and mouse game. Basically, they put a different analog in commerce. They look for it. 
once somebody you know somebody dies and they have to they find the company that manufactures it or at least they try to um and then it's fly-by-night companies they come by they make their money and then they leave and then they put another uh analog in commerce until they get caught again and that's just the the game that is played um if you notice here also in 2019 uh detoxyslim I haven't seen that issue since 2000, I think it was 14 or 15. Uh, Subutramine is a drug that was uh, made illegal uh, many years ago because of uh, causing uh, different, I believe, liver failure. Um, and it was basically uh, made illegal, And but it's a, it's a weight loss drug. And so they put this into this weight loss supplement, hoping that it has more of a clinical effect and people could feel it the first time. Um, but once again, it was 2015, 14, and now we saw it pop up again in 2019. It's, they're just waiting until the right time to put it back in commerce. So the question is to your, to the people you, you buy your supplements from, are they doing everything they can to ensure that they're not having this kind of adulteration in there? Because at the end of the day, when you look at that capsule, you can't tell if there's subutramine. You can't tell me that there's not bio, you, you just can't see it. You don't know if there's pesticides. You don't know anything. You're you put an inherent amount, uh, an abundant amount of trust into that manufacturer that they've done everything. And do you really know? Can they prove it? Um, let me show you a little bit more. Um, more recently, um, in September, once again putting uh, unapproved drugs into a product. Uh, I talked about oregano earlier being one of the most adulterated herbs out there. Um, and CBD, they're still working on the regulation. Every state has a different uh, regulation right now, um, hoping for overarching um, guidance from the FDA. And um, that hopefully will be coming soon. We'll, we'll see. Um, and something to note, you know, these, these people that are caught doing this nefarious things to their products. Um, it takes many, sometimes many years to do something about it. And ABH, which is right here in January 20, 21st, they actually recall six uh, years worth of products because of C and CGMP violations. So that good manufacturing practices. And it took, in 2010 was the first citation, meaning the first ticket they got. In 2012 was the first warning letter that they got, meaning that they had such bad CGMPs that they actually got their first warning letter eight years ago. Oh. And that continued year after year after year until finally, you know, this, this year they were recalled, the products, six years back. But recalling six years, it's probably been consumed. Somebody consumed all that product that was probably tainted or um wasn't what it says it is um a lot of the citations or the tickets that people get is for main the main thing people do that or they don't do is test every year since the beginning of the enforcements of gmps the one the number one violation is testing either they don't set a spec to test and they do like one test or they don't test at all like I said, 20% of the industry is just not doing anything. So yeah. Uh, yes. yeah, because I, I remember you said the requirement is only at least one. So at least one, it's not even mandatory. 
it really doesn't make sense. Now, there's a um, request here, if you could please explain um, the process of how we how the company makes its vitamin C as compared to other synthetic so-called vitamin C. So um, synthetic vitamin C, of course, is uh, chemically produced uh, material. And you see this, this is the, it's commonly used in supplements that have a very high amount of vitamin C because it's very cheaply made. Um, the vitamin C that we we use um, is a amla extract. So it's actually amla uh, berries that they actually extract out. Now they do the extraction, um, so it's like a 30 or 40%, ours is a 50% extraction. Um, and this is done through either a solvent system, some, some of the companies that are out there will use different like uh, either ethanol or water. Um, ours is a water extraction and it's an organic form, um, but we're not gonna have these very high levels of vitamin C. Now, you're like, well, then it's not effective. And that's just not true. Everybody I think knows that eating an orange compared to taking synthetic vitamin C um, is better for you. Why? Because it's in its natural state. It's made to be absorbed in the body because it has those synergistic cofactors, if you will, that it help you absorb it. And there's other minerals and everything else that work in tandem to help your body uptake. It's the way nature intended. So why we choose to have a lower amount is because it's more bioavailable. It's gonna have those other items through the extraction process that allows your body to really uptake it. So we don't need this huge amount that you know eventually just passes through your system. Uh, we use that lower uh, concentration, but with those other phytochemicals, if you will, that come along with that extraction process. Thank you. Um, let's see. What are the things that you mentioned also that is, you know, uh, oh, I think I was going to ask you to, the other difference that I know from PRL and as compared to other companies were, is that the company believes in the fact that each plant has energy field, just as we, our bodies have energy field. Mm -hmm. So, in, in, and I know most people recognize this now that we are all frequencies. Mm -hmm. So how can you describe them the process on how other than doing the H, you know, the microscopy and, and you know, testing, but you, the company also does the energy testing. Right. So um, the, I, I have to go back a little bit and I think everybody needs to understand that botanicals and really supplements were the original medicine. And this came from living plants. Um, you know, white willow bark uh, has a natural uh, salicylic acid, which is aspirin. Um, and it all began with that. But over time, over the years, um, those became, you know, synthetic or over purified. And when you, when you uh, process something to the point where it doesn't have any of those original synergistic cofactors, you lose the energetics of that 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 uh, 
that plant, if you will, uh, the property, the cellular residence is what we call it. And the item, the idea here is that, you know, the more closer to natural state, the, you know, without it being overly processed, not, you know, they, I see manufacturers claim, oh, our product has um, a six log reduction in um, uh, pathogens, meaning, you know, or micro, uh, microbial items. First of all, uh, some microbes, as long as they're not bad, is good. You know, it's natural for the microbiome. I think we've learned that over the years. But the way they got that claim is they heat treated it to the point of probably almost burning it. Um, but they could say that it's very clean. And when you do that, you really destroy the natural enzymes, the, you know, the natural vitamins in there, which, you know, it's all part of that, the energetics of the, that, uh, that plant. And when you put those energetics into your body, into your, what we call your field, if you will, um, it's going to benefit your body throughout. It's, you know, a lot of times these pharmaceuticals, yeah, they have a specific way they work and they help you to, you know, let's say it helps you with your headache, but it also hurts your liver. And the, once you get to this point where it's so pure, so purified, it, you know, nature didn't intend that. They, you need to have those other items so it doesn't hurt your liver as well. It needs to be good for your whole body. Otherwise, why take it? Um, so that's, in a nutshell, the energetics is something that we test on every in, uh, ingredient coming in. Dr. Forbes uh, does that evaluation. And we then uh, also test for the quality. Like I said, we go above and beyond. So we, we use both modalities from an energetic standpoint to the quality control that's uh, recognized for a product. Honestly, you can't get anywhere, anywhere else uh, in the world, period. Thank you. And then, so knowing all of this, listening to you, what are maybe the ways that we can advise our listeners and our viewers to really know how to, you know, even recognize? Like, I know that some of the clients or some of the uh, listeners at least know how to read the label mm -hmm. and they at least look at the word organic. But as you and I know, that that doesn't mean much until you know you dig into the other ingredients so can you give us more suggestions so that then the consumers yeah. will be safe um so there's the media red flags when you look at a supplement um when you look at a supplement there's requirements by law that certain things have to be on there um, very basic, it should say dietary supplement. If you don't see that on the bottle, uh, it just says that it's good for the liver. Uh, be very, you know, that should be a red flag. Um, also, if the bottle says that it cures a disease, such as cures cancer or, you know, cures Alzheimer's, um, you know, it's not, that's not allowed to be said. And if they're saying that on the bottle, um, you sh that should be a red flag to you. Also, um, every bottle um, should have a address on there, either distributed by or manufactured by. Um, the reason for that address is so in case something happens, somebody gets sick, somebody dies, the FDA can track it um, or the customer can make a complaint. And usually the bad companies will not put that on there because they don't want to get caught. Um, and that's, you know, one of the big issues with FDA being able to track these people 
that are doing these bad things because they make product without any kind of traceability. Also, if you see a supplement that just has, it looks really nice, but it has literally no, what they say, supplement facts. Uh, I've seen these before where, you know, instead it just talks about claims what this product can do. That's a basic item that needs to be on there. And without that, it's going to be, you know, um, possibly tainted or maybe not even real. It could be just, you know, uh, bark inside of a capsule, if you will. Um, you know, beyond also uh, just looking at the label, it's very, you should be asking the manufacturer a few things. I would definitely ask them, um, you know, call them up literally and ask them what, what is their, how do they do testing? Ask them for a C of A if they, before you buy the supplement. Ask them, you know, what is the testing you do on this? I, I, I kind of went over what we do. Um, and if they're only doing that one test, you see you get the C of A and all it says is, you know, HPTLC or uh, giving all these acronyms, these FTIR, that's not enough. You need to do more. Um, so that's, that's important to make sure that they're doing something like that. Another big one just to ask um, that a lot of people don't know about is the regulation allows you to do something called skip lot testing. And what that means is that you can actually verify the vendor, meaning you test against their C of A, and then you can do an audit of the vendor. And then you can actually skip uh, all the testing except identity and micro. So if you do pesticides, you don't have to do it um, for a period of time. And that's something, it's supposed to be maybe a year, but I've seen many large manufacturers skip for years at a time like two or three years. And you can imagine how much material that is being purchased that possibly has a contamination with pesticides, uh, maybe aflatoxins. That's a huge carcinogen that we find in botanicals that nobody is really testing for. But you can just skip that uh, for a period of time. And it's because the large manufacturers, um, it's all about the money. And that's, that's the issue. Um, and they want to make a product that's, you know, very market competitive. And if you do all the testing as is necessary to make a clean product, you're just not going to be able to hit that. Um, what do you call that? A skip of? Skip lot testing. Lot as in L-O-T. L-O-T. Lot of testing. Okay. Skip lot testing. Yes. Okay. I'm putting them comments so that, uh, you know, people who are following can do their own research and study more. Because at this point, when we want to take command of our health, you need to really do your own study, private study. Correct. Um, you, you, you have to do that. You can't assume, you know, trust that the product is, um, it has all these claims. It looks like it's clean. The, the marketing um there's a lot of good marketeers out there that will make the product very attractive to you very eye pleasing if you will but you know sometimes you gotta you know wonder you know what could they be hiding as well you just gotta question it they may be a reputable company um but you can't have blind trust because there's too much to lose and you're eating this you're putting it in your body if you saw a rotten tomato uh, but they said that these were freshly picked, would you eat it? No, because you could see it. Unfortunately, with this, you just can't see it. I mean, they could do so many things. They could have pesticides, 
heavy metals and all that in one capsule and it'll look just like the capsule that didn't have anything in it. And I remember um, other comments that some people might say is, well, uh, what's the difference? It's, it's helping them, you know? So like, as if like they, the, the outcome that they want, they seem to experience in a short time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, you have to be aware of the other things that are putting in there. So let's say excipients, uh, magnesium stearate. We're, we've been a excipient-free company for, you know, 20 plus years. It was Dr. Marshall um, who passed away, you know, three years ago, the founder. He was, you know, adamant about not putting something in the product that shouldn't be there, um, such as a filler, such as something that make it more efficient because these items can have immunosuppressive effects on the body so yeah you like i said you'll 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 get a response possibly for that um but what else are you hurting because of that um the whole idea of taking these natural products to support your body is not to hurt you in any way possible um yeah you're getting results but what are you trading off i guess is the question what what happens chronically over a longer period of time um so that's the whole idea of of this industry is to help, um, you know, to provide in our, our mission statement is to provide premier quality cellular resident nutraceutical formulas and lifestyle strategies to our customer. I, I can't, you know, live that uh, statement if I'm hurting you in any way possible with what I produce. And that's just the, you know, that's our philosophy. And I think that's what everybody else should look at it the same way. Nick, do you have other more slides? Because if, if not, I have uh, more questions. Uh, I have, and this is the only slides you want me to stop sharing at this point? Oh, no, 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 you can, you can. But I guess I want my question, my, I wanted you to still share an experience or I, my question is, does your family use this? Does your mom use this? Because I know you have a very interesting story of your mom or your parents when they were hoping that you would be a doctor. But yeah. I am happy that you did become a doctor because I think we need someone like you in this industry. <laughs> so many years ago, um, you know, my, my family was very adamant about uh, me becoming a medical doctor. And I, you know, I, I I entertained the thought. I wanted to look at that because that was my my parents' ambition. But you know, at the end of the day, um, I had to go after my passion, and my passion deal did deal with science. You know, this is um, at the core of this is you know energetics and science, and nutrition really kind of attracted me. And me starting with uh, Premier Research Labs really kind of opened my eye. I was thinking about going to medical school, not because it was what I wanted my family and and I learned you know my my love for the laboratory and producing innovative formulas and producing you know natural substances that helps people um, to support their body was such a reward and to be able to create systems um, to able to produce these products um, there's a reward in that as well so when I started with Premier Research Lab back in um, you know 2009, um, I started as a technician in the laboratory, and I worked my way up 
from you know in quality control to product development uh, to my current position as chief operation officer. Um, and with my, you know, Dr. Marshall as my mentor, um, really was able to grow with this industry and grow to, and, you know, he, he wouldn't compromise on anything and any, any kind of quality, uh, no matter what the cost was. Um, because he's like, at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, would you eat this? You know, that was the big thing. Um, you have to question that because if you can't say that, you can't say that by your own products why give it to anybody else if you're not willing to do the same? Um, and I, I, you know, I, I produce this product and my, I have a three-year-old and two-year-old and I, I give them uh, some of these products, uh, give my, um, you know, what's, what's okay for the younger uh, kids to take. My parents take my product. In fact, everybody honestly know my friends and everybody take these products uh, because they work. Um, there's a, our, like I mentioned this earlier, one of my favorites that I take personally every night, um, you know, our hemp with the melatonin, uh, the combination of the product taking together with our, you know, our Tranquinol product, which is our, basically our kind of our sleep and, uh, tranquility products, that combination, um, you'll feel it within the first 30 to 45 minutes. A lot of supplements out there, you don't necessarily feel it. Um, and that's, you know, that's my personal combination. I've had a lot of people give me testimonials. They love it. So that's why I'm, I want to share that today. But, um, you know, this is, there's nothing better than helping people. That's like the epitome of what, you know, the pharmaceutical, they see it as helping, even though they have a long list of all the side effects. Time and time again, people don't have, when you get clean product, when you get product that works, uh, for example, saffron, uh, saffron itself has been shown to be as um, as effective as some antidepressants over um, you know 12 or uh, 18 weeks uh, without the side effects. So these these natural medicines, um, you know, is what nature intended us for to consume. Um, so you know, I encourage people to you know look at investigate the manufacturer, look at the science behind what they're claiming as well. Uh, because that's, you know, that's a, you wanna make sure whatever they're claiming is really true. And you've gotta do your homework yourself because those, those marketing groups are gonna do everything they can to convince you otherwise. But um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I take a lot of our products um, and my whole family does. So. I, I remember we, each of us have our own really different combination of products for sleep. So, um, and I, later I'll have a, one question for that. But before that, I, I want to bring um, Deb James as she's a nurse and she has this comment and the question at also, okay? So mm -hmm. she's also a holistic nurse. So she's familiar and has, um, you know, her own practice. So she says, I've gotten pushback about generics and it's a constant battle. I learned years ago that a major filler in generics is lactose. I am lactose intolerant. I also recently had a reaction to a generic folate supplement that had glucosamine in it. Mm. I had a major reaction. So how can people advocate for the choice of not having generics 
Um, in terms of uh, the you, in terms of the generics of supplements um, or generics of drugs, I, guess I believe question. it will be in. Uh, okay, can you start with the generics in um, supplements so, first? I, and I'm going to talk about just generics in terms of um, larger, you know. Um, companies that are not doing um, the right testing. So when I say generic, they're making the product at a very cheap price. So you can you can buy our vitamin C and you're gonna be paying, you know, I think a competitive price, but not the cheapest price. When I think generics, I find, you know, the ones that are, you know, $5 or something that's very, very cheaply made. And in those, you're gonna find, like you said, you're gonna find lactose, you're gonna find magnesium stearate, you'll find talc, um, all these different uh, fillers. And the reason they use these fillers is because it's more efficient. Um, you know, we as a company, because we don't use these fillers or excipients, um, experience quite a bit of loss in our manufacturing because the reason for the fillers is either to bind the product or make it more lubricant so the machines will run better. It's all about efficiency and, and cost. Um, we chose as a company to uh, not do that so and you know that's that's what you're going to be compromising with the generic items from a supplement stand, standpoint um you know the pharmaceutical standpoint uh in terms of advocating not to go to generics um you know going from the brand choice um you know you're going to have those studies behind it with the generics not necessarily they're using it and trying to make it cheaper um so but i can't speak too much about that because that's not necessarily my industry she was she was really referring to the supplement so that was perfect perfect um, so i hope okay so and then uh george has a question um because he uses a uh, dha so he said what is the dha change of the formula did you know oh okay so the recent um change in our in our formula was one we took away the carrageenan um, we were able to have a technology where we can actually uh, put into the same kind of capsules we use for all our other products, HPMC, um, which is basically a natural cellulose, uh, so plant-based. Um, so, because we didn't want to uh, provide any supplement or anything that could possibly hurt you, and there's some bad um, press on carrageenan. So we changed that. We also looked at a uh, another form of DHA. And uh, unfortunately, the, the DHA that we have is uh, a little bit more, uh, has a different taste to it. And we are looking to help with that with some, you know, some different natural rosemary, but it's uh, a very potent non-GMO uh, algae-based uh, production of DHA. So it's vegan. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's an improved formula. I understand that the taste is not as comparable as before, but it's um, it's carrageenan free, and that's why we moved to that. We are looking to improve that formula in the very near future um, to hopefully uh, ease people's concern about the taste. And thank you. And how about uh, the magnesium? Because in one of my little videos, when I shared 
my one of my favorite thing to take at night is half a teaspoon of that magnesium powder and it mm. helps me really sleep as well plus the melatonin etc then so she said she takes now i don't know her source but she said well when i take the the magnesium um it doesn't really give me a sleep all throughout so my 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 answer to her was actually well um check your source of what type of magnesium are you really taking and then plus check other lifestyle if it's eating up eating too late etc but i know that um what prl has is a good type of uh, magnesium and then it's in powder as opposed to tablets or capsules so please speak on that so we do have a magnesium powder um, actually a flavored powder, um, the, that's magnesium lactate. And this magnesium lactate um, is uh, highly bioavailable. Um, in water, has a great taste. Um, the other magnesiums out there, you gotta be careful because they may be selling you magnesium oxide. And magnesium oxide literally will not get absorbed very readily. You need to have that uh, chelate of either, you know, we have the lactate, um, but you know, there's other forms out there, but we prefer the one we have because of its energetic properties and the will and its ability to be absorbed. Um, to give you all a sneak peek behind the curtain of innovation we're doing, we are coming out with a plant-based magnesium capsule as well. In case somebody doesn't like to drink uh, the product, I prefer powder over capsules, but there's preferences. So we're going to be coming out that with that this coming year. Uh, but and that one is going to be actually a plant-based origin uh, magnesium. Then I know that I usually have comments from others um, who doesn't use the fermented melatonin, and they really say, "Oh, that, I, I take melatonin, but that doesn't work." Mm. And of course, I said, "Well, try this fermented one," and. 100%, it always works. So please go go further on that um, melatonin, the MD, and add the other micro-cultured products that, um, I, I know you mentioned about fermentation already, but you can give some examples of the high volume, high uh, the popular among practitioners. So something unique to us, and we, you know, more unique, I guess, years ago, where we were one of the, I think, first companies to really make fermented uh, products in terms of fermented max or fermented B vitamins or fermented um, melatonin um, and other botanical fermentations close to a tincture. But what we do is um, we actually ferment it with a probiotic culture. Um, the probiotic culture, A, uh, does create other byproducts, meaning postbiotics. I think everybody maybe have heard that, um, which are the organic acids and um, other byproducts that are beneficial for the body uh, made by that probiotic. So it has that as well. It does break down the, the ingredients to more bioavailable forms. Um, also, to stop the fermentation, we use uh, some organic ethanol. And that organic ethanol also helps, um, you know, it's a small amount, but it helps with the uptake of the melatonin and all the other phytochemicals within the body into the bloodstream. Actually, it helps increase the bioavailability. So our melatonin is very unique. In fact, you won't find 
I've never seen another fermented melatonin out there. Um, and it's a highly bioavailable form. And if you take it, like I said, 30 to 45 minutes before bed, you will literally feel it relax you. Um, it's um, <laughs> like Grace said, uh, anybody who's taken it, everybody I've ever known um, said is probably the best melatonin there is, period. It's the one that actually works. It's what you feel. Um, like I said, I take it in combination with the hemp extract. Um, and it's a, it's a great, great clean uh, product. Um, a couple of years ago, we saw that there was some adulteration with ser serotonin, believe it or not. And a lot of the melatonins out there were very sub um, potency. Uh, in this industry, you have to be 100% the claim of whatever is on the bottle. And unlike pharmaceuticals, where you actually get a, uh, a variation, you can have like 90 to 110%. But here you have to at least 100%. Many of the melatonins on the market, even though they claim like four milligrams, was really like three or two and a half. And you know that's a constant quality pro problem. Uh, but we, we test ours for the serotonin and we do abundant testing on the finished product and stability. Just because when you test it at the time it's released, doesn't mean it's going to be you know shelf stable so we do almost pharmaceutical standards of stability and even though you see companies put a stability um stamp on there saying whatever the time i challenge you to ask the company to show you the uh stability data that this really is true because many of the companies are not doing the extent that they need to do or doing it at all they're just putting an arbitrary number on there uh but our melatonin is I can't speak more uh, enough about it. Uh, I personally use it. My family uses it. Um, it's a, it's a great product. Well, I'll get, I'll share you testimonies that I know from elders, the family, because um, I worked in the medical daycare center, mm -hmm. and I one of their common problems is the um, dementia, dementia, Alzheimer's, right? So they have already cognition problems. So because of everything else they can't sleep and then at some point the doctors will be cautious already to prescribe um, sedatives and that and that's good or you know as a sleep prescribed medication and that's good because then it it, it will make them more prone to falling and so they have no option but to ask me what else can i suggest so i i go through all the other different type of food or that what, what time they should sleep or something like that but then i said all right if you want me to recommend to you some supplement this is what i recommend and i would give them the melatonin right so of course they will say oh the, the doctor prescribed that so it was an either an over-the-counter melatonin or a prescription but that doesn't work so when they use that it works and you know, Nick, it's very difficult also for seniors to even trust the family for mm -hmm. them to take it because you know, again, with that with that lack of good cognition, that's already a challenge. But the family, because they're worn out, then they will try their best. I even said, if you can just squirt it right in their mouth, okay, or if if nothing else. I don't know, but we did. It's not that I studied it, but put it in a little drink, mix it there, let them drink, and it really helps. Now, now if they want more support, and I safely recommend the tranquinol, and there's no more, no more falling 
no more waking up in the middle of the night at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning because they can see their loved ones on the camera and they're standing in front of the TV. And before I know it, the, the home care nurse will tell me that someone fell. And that really breaks my heart. So I have no um, option but you to tell them that I know of a good sleep supplement combination. So if you want it, trust me, I will help you and guide you. So that's my my favorite. These are my favorite testimonial for good sleep support from your company. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I received a it always makes me smile to hear those success stories and hear people really helping. Uh, sleep is a very big category. Um, that combination of tranquinol with melatonin. And we had um, somebody came to us and told us about their uh, patients and how literally for the last, I think, 10 or 15 years, they were um, on various drugs to sleep at night. Even then, their minds racing. Uh, they had a very high um, stress job and they're constantly thinking about that until they took the melatonin and the tranquil combination. Actually, um, they had never experienced a good night's sleep in the first night, first night they took it, they had nine hours of sleep and, and it works so well that they're actually weaning themselves, uh, off the drugs that they have, uh, with success. They're still getting good nights of sleep, uh, good, uh, good sleep at night. Um, and I think, you know, the melatonin, uh, a great product, um, but the Tranquinol, um, it contains saffron, uh, saffron extract, um, that's a very high potency saffron extract. Uh, we also have uh, magnesium malate, uh, which is helped with uh, minor pain and the magnesium, of course, itself can help with the sedation properties, uh, has sun theanine. Uh, which is a L-theanine uh, that helps with uh, basically calming you, relaxing you, um, especially if you have a racing mind, if you will. Um, several herbs such as passion flower, lavender, um, that are good for uh, GABA. Uh, and also we have uh, some magnolia extract in there, and that's to help with uh, cortisol levels. With high stress comes high cortisol, which can help which can not help but promote you waking up in the middle of the night uh, with spikes in cortisol. So it's a it's a robust formula. It's one of my favorites, something I take every night as well. Um, and you know the melatonin being a uh, a cultured product, if you will, our, what we call our firm, firm Excel line. Um, we have other things. Our, our Max B uh, for waking up in the morning. Um, I think um, my combination, what I take is our Cognotropic, which is actually a uh, product that's spearmint extract. It has um, actually coffee berry. Um, and coffee is normally, you know, you take the actual coffee bean, you roast it, and they throw away the berry. But what they found is the berry actually increases brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And you're like, what is that? Basically, it's something your body naturally produces, and it and it helps with executive function, meaning the things that you make decisions on. Also, the spearmint extract is there to help drive uh, acetylcholine, which helps you with thinking and and you know making quick decisions. It's it's a product that's great for attention, executive function, uh, memory. Um, taking that with our cultured uh, Max B, um, 
is a great combination. The Max B has 13 different active forms of B vitamins in there. Um, everything from, you know, thiamine to biotin, um, you know, pantothenate, uh, all these items and taking that combination together. Um, I can tell you right now, 2.5 mils of that Max B and about 12 ounces of water with a cognotropic, you're going to be on point all morning. So it's, um, it, and you don't have to drink coffee. Uh, you can just take that and you're going to have energy. Um, and if you take it and actually the, the max bean and you put it in a water bottle and you you sip it throughout the day, um, it's a great, great way to have sustained energy. And it's one of the few uh, B vitamins on the market that has all three forms of B12. Uh, we have the methylcobalamin, adenosylcobalamin, and hydroxycobalamin. And actually the hydroxycobalamin is made by the fermentation, um, which is, you know, all the three active forms. Look on, look on every shelf, look on the internet. You will not find a product like that out there. In fact, you won't find a product that's fermented like ours, period. Um, we also have, you know, various other um, kind of more targeted uh, products such as uh, gallbladder and the, and um, there's also, we have a fermented beet. Um, and the great thing about beets, A, it's an organic form. Um, so it has natural um, betaine, which is a methylator, which is really uh, good for all uh, functions in your body. It's actually part of the methylation process, but it's organic. It's the one of the only few organic betaines you're gonna find out there. You get about 100 milligrams per serving. And also it's great for cardiovascular health. Um, the fermentation actually removes the sugar. So it's pretty, pretty much sugar free. Um, but it also increases the nitrate content and the nitrates help with uh, nitric oxide production, which helps blood flow. Um, and it's a, it's a great product just overall. And we have a fermented turmeric, um, quite a few products uh, in our yeah. fermentation line. I, I know, I noticed that that's, it seems like um, that's where the entire company is going through in uh, like always adding something fermented or processing it in mostly fermented now and that's really quite good because for, for you know how there's always a big talk about the prebiotics pro probiotic and postbiotic so if it's if if it is in its capsule or in 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 its product then for sure the um bioavailability is like a, is guaranteed and also for me it's also like since we're more more microbes than anything than cells so that's good i'm i'm feeding my good ones as well so um deb the nurse who asked about this the melatonin um she said um uh, if you are on a sleep med and i'm guessing they should not be taken with that melatonin product um the melatonin itself um i you know i have only it's something you always have to ask your practitioner um i highly suggest talk to your practitioner before doing that but the testimonial i gave before um the person was on sleep meds um is that right for everybody um i can't say that is but they were on sleep meds i know several other people that take melatonin with their sleep meds um but at the end of the day, you know, you want to get off that sleep meds and just take the natural form. Um, but to answer that question, question properly, talk to your healthcare practitioner. Yeah. 
my my thought is the same i always tell them go and speak with your uh, physician or the nurse practitioner yeah. and then bring in, bring bring back to their critical thinking but that by saying if this is sleep med is not working he keeps getting up and climbing in the middle of the night Maybe maybe it's really not working. So I would say, so if your doctors don't have time and to answer you, this is really food. So I say that you know, and I said as long as you let me know, then I could guide you. <laughs> I'll take responsibility because as a registered nurse. Uh, what else? Uh, there's see. You have any more information in the slide that you want to share? Um, this is what I have for industry events, and I I, I want to just kind of go back to the the issues with industry just a little bit more. Okay. Um, you know the I mentioned before the FDA takes a long time to enforce action. It takes quite a few years if you will to really bring um, you know some action to a company after several violations and this has actually been recognized by the fda that there's a problem um, uh, stephen tave is the director of uh, uh, the office of dietary supplements uh, for the fda he basically said that it's you know uh, it's it's you know you could say that we can comfortably say that there is a problem with the um, the regulation and in industry, and I and I have to definitely say that I have an issue with with him saying that there's a problem with the regulation. Twenty one CFR one eleven, in combination with the preamble, and the preamble is the interpretation uh, given by FDA of twenty one CFR one eleven, the regulation, is over two hundred pages long. Um, so. When he says there's not a you know an adequate amount of regulation, it's really the adequate amount of enforcement. And like I mentioned before about you know how long it takes them to enforce, and th it's just a capacity issue. But you know it's the red herring. They they know that there's an issue, and they're they did get a boost in um, in funds this year, and we'll see how that goes next year. Uh, but it's, it's still going to be a while before they're able to do that. And it's so important for you to do your homework because of that. But they're aware. They're aware of the issues. Um, they just really can't move on that. Um, I don't have anything else, Grace. Um, was there anything else you could, uh, any questions? Um, I get, how about, what's our best recommendation right now when everyone is concerned about getting sick being infected you know or we talked about the sleep support so now you know we could maybe perhaps talk about recommendations for when people get anxious be, be, being fearful and then the real top maybe top five six recommendations for immune support so um so we have several products for immune support and I, you know, if we go to the basics, I think uh, somebody earlier mentioned vitamin C, I think that's uh, essential for immune support. Um, you know, you see in the news them talk about, you know, vitamin D. Um, I think that's also very essential in zinc. Um, we carry both. We actually carry a, a vitamin D just as a liquid form and we also carry a capsule uh, D3K2. Um, 
product that you know that that vitamin K is really important for absorption for bone health, but just absorption in general. Um, you know, those are my core items. Now we do carry some other. Uh, I want to call them advanced items. Uh, we do have a nucleoimmune uh, that has uh, nucleotides in it. When nucleotides have been shown to literally activate the immune system, uh, both your innate and adaptive uh, adaptive immunity. So that first line of defense, and you know that uh, T cell immunity, which is basically the antibody recognizing immunity. Um, so with that product, it's a uh, tried and true. We also have a garlic product um, that garlic itself, not only is it a good chelator um, of heavy metals, but it's also uh, very good for punching through um, uh, biofilms and just supporting immune health in general. So it's a, and the one comment I always get for our, um, uh, our garlic products um, is that the, the product itself, our allicidin is that it smells like fresh garlic. If you go buy another garlic on the market, you're going to open it up and it, you got a hint of garlic. Smell ours. And it actually smells like fresh garlic. And because it's as potent as you can get it, we actually um, were able to stabilize it so it has a very long shelf life. Garlic, the allicin within it, uh, which is the active compound, uh, degrades very easily in air um, and light and everything else. Um, we were able through our uh, manufacturing innovation to basically ensure its stabilization over time. Um, you know, beyond that, I think our mag magnesium is very important for immune health as well. Make sure you're taking a proper amount of magnesium daily. Um, and we have a very brand new product that came out with, uh, with immune factors and actually supports everything, um, a multivitamin. Uh, we didn't have a multivitamin before, but this is completely plant-based uh, vitamins. So this is, um, you got all your uh, B vitamins, has uh, actually uh, 39 plus trace minerals in there, uh, has the fermented greens. Uh, so it's, you know, barley, alfalfa, all of them that's been fermented. So you get the postbiotics as well as uh, reishi and garlic in there for immune support along with vitamin C, zinc. Um, it's probably the most complete multivitamin I've found with no synthetics whatsoever. Um, and it's, um, it's a great product that you can take every day. And as you need the other items such as zinc or vitamin C or vitamin D or nucleoimmune, you take those, you know, in, in the, when you need them. And you can take that multivitamin every day uh, as just a base formula to add on. Nick, what's our what's the difference of our zinc liquid as opposed to uh, other zinc that's in the market? So our zinc is a zinc sulfate. Um, it's been completely um, dissolved in water, um, and when it's actually in that liquid form, um, it's highly bioavailable. Um, so. Uh, very clean. It's really only zinc sulfate and water. So there's nothing added in there. There's no, it's as pure as you can get it. Uh, but it's a very highly bioavailable form because you can take a lot of zinc and uh, the other forms on the market. And you're, you're once again, if you're doing magnesium oxide, the same kind of concept, uh, it's kind of passing right through you. Um, you want to be able to absorb it. You need to be able to absorb it. 
Otherwise, it just doesn't have an effect. So it's it's a great product. Really doesn't have much of a taste if you dilute it, um, but very effective um, for a, a zinc product. And this one is usually um, common comment of people. So why do we? Why can't they just make one or two bottles where everything we can just get from one container? Oh. Um, <laughs> A product that has the kitchen sink. You mean everything? Yeah. In. Um, you 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 see those products out there that has maybe like a hundred items on there. Like it's everything you would possibly need. And um, you so there's a problem first of all with a lot of those products that the amount they're going to give you first of all is not going to be the amount you really need to support the body. Um, for example, I've, I've seen those type of products where it had lutein zeaxanthin at microgram levels, like 200 micrograms. And really, you, to be have an effect, it needs to be like a 10 uh, micrograms of lutein and 2 micrograms of zeaxanthin. But we're, we're talking about a very, very small amount of that. And is that really going to be beneficial for you? Uh, just eat some spinach if you want that kind of level. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, they don't have the clinical doses and also taking that much at one time can be very heavy on the liver as well. Um, and a lot of those to make those products naturally, uh, meaning doesn't, they're not synthetics, uh, ingredients, uh, can be a very costly product. So, um, you know, I think that supplementing with a baseline multivitamin and as you know, whatever target you're looking for, for support, um, be it the gallbladder, be it the liver, you add those on and you have those base items you always take on every day. And our, you know, our multivitamin has that has D3 in it, has K2, um, has quite a few different items in there. Um, like I said, just not synthetic and those kitchen sink products, I, I just don't believe they're really supporting you as you need it. Um, especially if they say they're not even extracts, if they're just whole food. Um, because those whole foods to get the proper amount, you got to eat a lot of whole food vitamins, uh, to get the claims that they're usually making. I'm not going to name the companies that are doing that, but there is several products on the market. They're saying that are, it's not an extract, it's a whole food item, but they're getting hundred percent RDAs on stuff. And that's, you need kilos of whole food to get the RDAs they're talking about. Our multivitamin is from whole food, but it's, uh, done through an extract extraction process. And the extraction process is actually very unique. It's made with, instead of even solvents, um, they're using more of like papain and aloe juice to extract out the vitamins. So as close as nat, I mean, beyond natural, as I guess you can call it, um, where a lot of these other ones are gonna be just with harsh solvents and stuff like that, that you take a little bit up every time you take it. Now, for our listeners whom I dedicate this podcast to, you know, the, they are the stressed caregivers whose loved ones have dementia. You have any suggestion for them or any good thoughts? Because I know you, your grandma, was that your grandma? Yeah, so share your little story. Um, my grandmother had a, had a, oh, it's been about 10 years ago. She had a stroke, and with that stroke, it led to a uh, dementia. And my um, my uncle, uh, this is my father's side, 
his brother um, was the primary caretaker of her um, and he was doing it by himself and you know he it, it was probably the most stressful uh, couple years um, that I know of in his life and he would call me all the time to you know you know tell me how he feels like he's alone how he you know all the issues that were coming up and how do i you know deal with it and i i, I this was in new jersey I, i'm i'm here in austin and um I, I listened and i think that's you know so important and it's really what kind of got him through those couple years until we got her some more um, uh, specialized care is to listen. And he talked, we talked through it. And even though I wasn't there to help him. Um, and I think that's, you know, so important for the caretakers is don't, you know, keep it inside, you know, don't say, Hey, I just got to be stronger and go forward. Talk to somebody, uh, be able to tell about the, the events of that day, good or bad. Um, because that's, I truly believe is what uh, really kind of carried him through um, because he was unfortunately by himself as the caretaker. Um, and I, I, I remember how hard it was to, to, to actually manage um, somebody with that uh, dementia process and everything that really came from it. Um, so I, I highly encourage the, every caretaker out there to, uh, speak to somebody, even if it's not, you know, a, um, a family member, uh, maybe it's a friend. Um, and at the end of the day, if you, if you can't find anybody, uh, like I told Grace, I'm on, you know, call us. <laughs> um, we're here to, I'm here to help. That's part of my mission statement. And, you know, we talk about lifestyle strategies, but, uh, however we can help the, you know, uh, by listening, I'm, I'm here for you. So. Uh, that's that's beautiful nick because um that's the that's the purpose of this podcast as well is to be able to reach more people and where where uh, i i always say that i offer anyone who would get in touch with me for a little consultation you know so that mm -hmm. if they have a question for me or to you then feel free message message us and so like What's the best way for the people who may be interested in using uh, or checking out the, the products from Premium Research Lab? Is it safe for them to just go to Amazon and Google it and order? No, I would highly suggest you go to, um, or the only way I want you to buy these is through your healthcare practitioner. Um, you know, through Amazon, uh, we could have. Uh, there's been many stories. In fact, uh, I think uh, other companies have brought to light of the uh, the Bandit uh, products out there. When I say Bandit, what they do is they take uh, brands um, and they actually use the product somehow somewhere else, um, and they fill it with a, just product that's not really from the brand. So, and they'll copy the label and sell it on Amazon. So you really don't know when you buy Amazon if it's really the brand's product, or is it really some uh, counterfeit, basically banded product out there? So I go to your healthcare practitioner. Um, they are approved vendors for 
uh, the product and they are going to know that it's actually non-counterfeit. Nick, other than taking the supplements, do you have any, any daily habit that you do that maybe other people might consider doing? Because you're very successful in making sure that your mind is clear, <laughs> your heart is in the right place to, yeah. cr to create that, this product and help the company really exceed. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think the, the, the more, even in a, a more general sense, I think uh, uh, as much of a plant-based diet that you can do, the better. Having multiple servings, and <laughs> I know this is kind of cliche because we people have been talking about this forever, but it's so true. Eating, you know, five servings of vegetables and fruits a day is so helpful, and and it's good, and it tastes good. And you know, <laughs> having you know different fruits and a variety, um, you know, also meditation. I actually do do meditation uh, during my lunch periods because I think that's very helpful for stress and anxiety. Um, but nourishing the body uh, with the whole food supplements as well, but whole food uh, plant-based is probably the most essential item you could do. Meditation also for uh, more of a mental health, uh, but uh, the combination is very powerful. And, you know, this has been proven by science. Um, you know, some of the, uh, some of the vegetables out there have been shown, um, at least in the petri dish, to you know completely eliminate cancer, but don't touch the actual uh, healthy cells. So they're very, very powerful items that are you know available at your grocery store. Um, if you look at during the pan, you know this pandemic, the the meat aisle was completely empty, right? The, along with the toilet paper. But you look at the produce section and it was completely full and that's just that's not the way it should be it should be the other way around mm. and i know you sleep well but what makes what what makes you want to wake up in the morning um uh it's it's my it's my passion uh for what i i have to say that what i do here is I don't I don't work. Um, I'm very blessed to have found a, a passion in my life, and it's that passion to you know excel, that passion to create something that's going to benefit someone. And I come here to play. So imagine waking up every morning and you go to your favorite amusement park or. You go to your, you know, what you do to relax, what, what makes you happy. You get to do that every morning. You get to do that. You know, my family and my work is, you know, is a passion. I'm passionate about both, right? Um, so when you have that, it, it's the best thing in the world. Beautiful, beautiful. And that's how I feel as well. You know, we were talking earlier before we went live, if we we're busy, busy, but when we like what we do, it's okay to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank it, I, I want to thank um, everyone who's listening and, you know, who participated. And I know that many will be, um, Deb has to leave, but they said that they will follow the recording. And Nick, um, you want to tell them where they can 
get in touch with you or where the company is located or whatever announcement you have from for the company yes um if you have any further questions uh for me uh feel free to email me at nick that's n-i-c-k l l as in larry at prlabs.com that's nick l at prlabs.com so please send me um whatever questions or i'm going to see whatever i can do to help uh or educate you a little bit more about our products uh, i can also direct you to uh, somebody that can help if there's somebody nearby i'm sure grace can help you whenever you need it um, so uh, we are located in austin texas we've been in business for over 30 years um, we do have a active Facebook page. Uh, please come see us. We have some information always going out there. Uh, and I'm sure in the, hopefully in the near future, I'll be back on uh, Grace's show. Um, I love talking about this stuff. This is our passion. Um, one of our values is innovative research and passion for results. And I think we live it every day. And I love also hosting anyone from premier research lab nick so let them know okay yeah. um, when you know you you it's like-minded people you know, it, it, it's it's just important to have this platform for for people whether they are the owners of the business or working for the business but the fact is when you're happy with what you do that happiness goes into the products and that's what i wanted to share to the people so under under the screen i have that uh prlabs.com and um nick i always end with the quantum affirmation so i i shuffled this morning and oh actually just before i shuffled my quantum cards and i got one and now i have this one for us and for the listeners and and i say it three times in the morning at noon and in the evening and what i will do also for the listeners and viewers i will post this on an image form and put this on the together with the recording okay so you'll have a copy and i say what i got is passion and enthusiasm see it's perfect. <laughs> Each morning, I arise filled with enthusiasm for the coming day. I look forward to my work each day. I love meeting new people. I am thankful for the blessings and opportunities that arise. Each morning, I arise filled with enthusiasm for the coming day. I look forward to my work each day. I love meeting new people. I am thankful for the blessings and opportunities that arise. I Each morning, I arise filled with enthusiasm for the coming day. I look forward to my work each day. I love meeting new people. I am thankful for the blessings and opportunities that arise. And so, thank you, Nick. And I want to remind everyone to visit quantumnurse.life. And I have three free videos there. And that's very, very helpful. And of course, I've, I've been creating and now I have two digital products there. And all this product comes with not just um, the knowledge, but practical things that anyone who wants to take command of your health, who wants to own your health and not depend on anyone to save you, save your own. And that's digital products is very helpful as well. And stay tuned 
for Quantum Nurse that like oh, Quantum Nurse podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, because I'm always tapping, um, tapping and listening to the audience request, whether it be direct request to me or energetic request, so that I can give the information, bring experts, and also people like you, um, any of you. It doesn't always have to be Nick and me and other doctors. It, I, I respect everyone's um, experience, especially when it comes to holistic medicine and holistic healing and alternative energy medicine. So stay in that Quantum Nurse YouTube as well. So all this now are all in different platform and I created a community for you as well. Okay, so putting your question there and I will always forward it to the guests and we'll have more of Nick and uh, other people who I really respect at Premier Research Lab. So I say in my language, Mabalos, which means thank you. Nick, do you speak other language? Because the Blabinski, that's a, what's that? That's a Polish last name? It's Russian, actually. Russian. Yeah. Do you know Russian, thank you? I do not, um, but I'm half uh, Hispanic as well. I'm actually Bolivian, okay. so, so gracias. Gracias, <laughs> see? <laughs> it's wonderful. Mabalos, gracias. Thank you. Don't let anything or anyone take the joy out of your life. And that's one of my favorite quotes from Dr. Robert Marshall. Yeah, love it. Thank you. Thank you.